1: Society 13 Podcast Network. Redefining Podcasts. Society-13.com I like to listen.
2: This is my music box. Can you hear the music? It plays for you. The music is calling for you to make a choice. My building has nine floors, and each leads to a very different place. My lift can go places you'd never expect, and it's waiting for you. Come along and take a ride on the lift. Find the lift at victoriaslift.com, and also in iTunes at itunes.victoriaslift.com.
1: Six savage seasons all in a row. Six scary seasons for the beast to grow. Six wicked seasons to keep you up all night. Six nasty reasons for your wicked delight. Six wicked seasons that you thought was scary. Wait till season seven of the Wicked Library. <laughs> September 2016 visit the wickedlibrary.com from society 13 redefining podcasts <laughs> Welcome to Channel 9 of the STRY Radio Network, where stories live.
2: Before you listen to this podcast, be aware this show often uses very naughty language. If you don't like that, you shouldn't listen. Send your complaints to I am a whiny baby with no sense of humor at nightstory.com or stop by the studio. I'll take you for a ride to a story of my choosing.
0: Well, you know, the last episode we talked about my pee fetish. So, you know, we're off to a roll here.
3: That is is okay, so Now now I'm just excited. Like now I'm, <laughs> Now I'm just like super super excited.
0: <laughs> so, so here's the deal. Jeanette was doing a review um of of a of a zombie book and one of one of the sentences that she used had five words to it. There was so much pee. <laughs> because <laughs> the author just talks about all the peeing that goes on like every time they find a zombie, they pee. The- every time they go into the woods, they pee. <gasps>
4: It was like a really essential part of her storytelling was, you know, the fact that every time someone turned into a zombie, you knew because they peed. Um, (laughs)
0: They lost control. I was actually
4: really surprised that there wasn't like... Pooping involved too, because realistically, right. they should shit themselves. <laughs> if your body's too. losing, they would well, shit themselves too. Like that would just make more sense.
3: Right, but pee's okay. But we don't talk about scat fetishes. That's yeah. just still no. no <laughs> that's too far.
4: That's that, that is just too still far. not a thing. And when we we're saying, you know, it's
0: it's all about what <laughs> so you're into. Much. Like if you're into splatter punk, which this was, I was like, oh, you know, okay. so, if oh, into, okay.
3: so if you're into, so if you're into pee, you
0: know, like, well, maybe I, well, no, I'm not into. Well, maybe I am, listeners. You know, but it's right, my
3: right, secret. Right. It's my secret. I Did not know that about myself. Maybe I am. <laughs> one of the best things I read an article one time. Um, it was a porn star who who uh, who um, he was bisexual. He did both kinds of porn, but his like specialty fun porn was um, was like him getting him taking it from girls wearing strap-ons. So that was his like de jour oh. porn, and he wrote this fucking hilarious article on just like behind the scenes with shooting porns and one of the things was like you discover weird fetishes about yourself and there was one he was describing when I found the porn and I watched it by the way he was Robin uh-huh. and there was a girl dressed up like Harley <laughs> with a strap on so, they so filmed he the was scene into pegging <laughs> yeah in the next scene, they want they, the director's like, "Well, we need something different." And so the girl playing Harley was like, "Well, I'm already wearing clown makeup." So and and then he's like, "Guess who's in the clown porn now?" Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm 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 worried that I know that that's called pegging. That tells you a little bit too much.
3: It's okay. This it's is okay. This is, this is what
0: happens whenever you spend too much time around Dick Dangle.
3: It's okay. I um. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Tumblr. I yeah. get a lot of most of my porn through Tumblr because that's oh. what Tumblr's made for. Anyone that's just using it as like yeah. an actual blog is just lying. They're just using it to go <laughs> watch porn gifts. I mean, really, that's all it's good for. See, <laughs> I did not,
0: I did not know that until uh, until I saw yours. Wait a minute. That's
3: what did I great just say? because like, mine's all art, but there's a, there's a world. I can show you the world, Dan, of like, anything, anything you want. It's You're available. like a twisted porn Willy Wonka. <laughs> the schnauzdicks taste like schnauzdicks.
0: <laughs> the dildos taste like, well, we don't talk about what the dildos taste like. I'd
3: probably Astroglide and Ask, but we don't go
0: there. <laughs> Why do we have her on every week, Jeanette?
3: I don't know. We should. We should. <laughs> right. Ah. Because all I talk about is Astroglide and ass. <laughs> <That's> probably <one. laughs>
0: pegging in clown porn. You know, it's a good time.
3: In clown porn. That's right. Pretty broad range there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Runs the gamut.
0: Hey Siri, what do you love?
2: I love clown porn.
0: Okay, so yeah. I guess we should get started, right? Um, we're all yeah. warmed up now, right?
3: Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. So, welcome to the Night nice Story Podcast, episode number. I don't know. I don't keep track anymore, Jeanette. What, what episode digit, is this? 413? Digit,
4: might be 13. I have no idea.
0: 14, 13, be. 15. I know it's not episode number one, so. No, we've been doing this more episode than once.
4: Episode after the last one, right. You're welcome,
0: <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Insert episode number here. Welcome
4: to
1: episode
0: number four thirteen. And
1: there we go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today, Perfect. Jeanette and I have two guests. Well, we have a, We have a guest. And, yeah, I know. But but Cindy's kind of creeping right now. She's not actually. She's she's <laughs> on like mute. The watch.
3: I like to listen.
1: Because <laughs> I don't have my good microphone set up.
0: Oh. That's alright.
4: You sound okay.
1: You sound fantastic. Yeah, right.
4: <laughs> so it we have make crashing
1: ahead. noises. <laughs> <laughs>
4: It's okay. There's motorcycles all throughout the background say. of my audio because we had a legit motorcycle convention on Main Street today, and they are just now leaving.
0: <laughs> was there was there a police officer, um, a construction worker, and an Indian by chance?
4: Oh, my God. Please say yes. Not that I saw. Damn it. <laughs> Unfortunately.
0: So here's the thing. I was watching I TV today or earlier, and there was a commercial, and somebody's riding their motorcycle with a disco ball. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a commercial for let go, but the village people were in it. It was
1: fucking awesome. Like the real, like, like, <laughs> was real it the game. real ones? I
0: believe so. I, I actually had to go to Wikipedia and find out if they were like still active. And I guess they uh, are, There there is a version of the, like some of the people were passed away and, and not part of the group anymore, but it's apparently the current inc- incarnation of the village people.
3: Well, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And they
0: and they did the whole dance at the end, you know, all of They're them. They're due came for out. a comeback, I think. I think so.
3: I think so. <laughs> I think so. I back that. So I
4: mean, we have dance ever still puts their song, so
3: totally. I was actually just listening to um the um fucking in the Navy in the Navy album um, just the other <laughs> night because there's some nights where I need to listen to disco and
2: all,
0: all the time like every right. night when this, am I not yeah this episode is going to be totally disco everybody why yeah. do you think I wrote a 70s episode of The Lift
1: I have that song sure. on 45 <laughs> Nice.
0: 45s are plastic records, kids. They have grooves in them.
4: What's a record?
0: Uh, it's like a really
4: big CD, right? right. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly.
4: Oh, what's a CD? Yeah. Um, it's the thing that you used to rip all of your songs off of to put on your iPod.
0: Yeah, it's how we made
3: MP3s back in the old days.
0: Back when I was a kid, we used to rip things off a of CD and make MP3s out of them.
3: Now you can just download everything. That's right, just like porn. Years.
0: But who who downloads porn anymore, really? I mean, you just watch it online, right?
3: Or or yeah. or you have a whole folder titled <laughs> porn, and it's in your videos section because there's just some gems you don't want to see go away.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> it's inspiring when you're when you're doing art. You want to look over and see porn playing.
3: I do have to say, um, yes, fantastic. <laughs> see, That's quite a bit.
0: So we have Alex Mert, who is a fantastic artiste and has done work for Stunning. the Wicked Library, the Lyft, and tons of other really cool stuff. But maybe listeners of this show would know you from those two places.
3: Yeah.
0: And my partner for the Lyft, Cynthia Lohman, also Cynthia Anispijinsky. Nesbittinski. I know how to say Nesbittinski. <laughs> I struggled with that for years, though. Have you seen this name? N i e s p o d z i a n s k i. I can it's now old. spell it.
4: How can you miss that?
0: <laughs> how can you mispronounce it? Very easily. It's just intimidating. No, no, I mean, it's it's
4: seen it. <laughs>
0: oh, it's like it's it's like watching somebody walk out into traffic. You're like, wait, no, I'm really uncomfortable now. <laughs> what, what do I do with this? I, I, I'm going to try to say this and it's going to go terribly, terribly wrong.
4: Um, so Dan's the reason why you got a pen name then.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, it's she just too <laughs> long say and awkward it. to spell
4: Yeah, and people
1: won't be able to find a website or anything. So it's a great name. It means surprise in Polish. So it's really awesome. It's and I was I was quoted in the post-gazette as candy, so instead of the old <laughs> porn names that you always like used your street name or whatever, I just go with candy surprise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. I did not know that. That's fine. I knew about I the candy thing. What, I knew the candy <laughs> thing, but I didn't know the candy surprise. I didn't make the connection. Long time yeah, listener, first time caller.
3: Great, well, that, that's, that's, like, that's clearly Polish. My mom's made him super Polish. Uh, she's Minkowski. Yeah. And don't even get me started on, you know, spilling that. And uh, it's funny because my Murd is um, another euphemism for big mouth in German. So there's that. <laughs> 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 that's funny.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so tonight, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about art and other things. Jeanette, did you have questions because, like... Um,
4: I have lots of questions. Fantastic. <laughs> Always. None pre-written, just things that I want to ask her.
0: <laughs> okay. We'll,
1: we'll Although, go for um,
4: it. thankfully, Alex and I have sort of started this conversation a while ago because... Um,
1: oh. I
4: like... Just randomly talking to artists that I admire and asking them lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex, you were one of them. I was like, hey, you mind if I pick your brain for a
3: and minute? It, that goes back to don't, you know, totally. That's, you know, if you're friends with somebody, that's what private messaging is for.
0: See, this is the cool thing exactly. about doing this is these little communities. Like, I didn't know. I, I figured you guys probably corresponded a little bit, but I didn't realize there was like a whole dialogue going on. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. A
3: dialogue, yeah. Well, a little bit.
4: <laughs> oh. Although what I had been asking you at the time was like, you know, like more how financially slash business wise you're running your art. Yeah. Um, Cause that's a thing I'm still trying to figure out, but um on on this podcast i would actually like to hear more about the art you create and the things that motivate you obviously porn is part of it but
3: (laughs) (laughs) moving on like that's old hat apparently (laughs) Uh,
0: i think it's fascinating we'll talk about that more next week on dangling after dark with dick dangle
3: and there you go um (laughs) i would say uh the inspirations um for the artwork i do uh Print work and comic work together. Um, biggest thing is music. And mm-hmm. um, after I sit down and write a story, I think of something or get in the mood listening to music. Um, to summarize it, probably uh, to summarize it, I would say um, Art Deco, old silent movies, fashion photography, and retro porn um, photography. So nice, <laughs> main ones, <laughs> right there.
0: So what appeals to you about the art mm-hmm. deco thing?
3: Uh when I um when I was younger, my mom and dad really liked watching older movies. So I grew up watching a lot of movies from the thirties, twenties nice. and the forties and, and just seeing um she would bring home books from the library about like um interior decorating and art deco and just, just uh seeing I really connected with the art style when I asked like you know what kind of Art this was, and I saw, you know, and she's like, it's like Art Deco is all artwork done, and like you know, from like the tens maybe through the thirties, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it just yeah. really, I yeah. was really connected with the the line work and uh, the graphic, the two dimensional, like the graphicness of it.
0: Oh yeah, the the lines were fantastic in that in yeah. that, that style.
3: Back whenever everybody
0: talked like this, hello, how you doing, there, friends? Come on in, let's take off our of hats.
3: Please, went through a megaphone, can we just all go there? <laughs> Let's make that happen. <laughs> um, I would say my number one inspiration, though, for artwork has been music. Um, I actually get more out of just uh, sitting down and listening to an album for a while, or some songs that really speak to me. If I get like in the mood to do like a high energy piece, or if it's a comic, I always use mood music to back a comic to get ideas for like a uh, to see what comes in my mind's eye for dialogue and, and story. But I'd definitely say it would actually be music above any uh, two-dimensional artwork. Nice.
4: Do you have any um, specific musicians or genres that you like? Continually go back to.
3: Mm, how long is this podcast going to be? <laughs> <laughs> Longer than
0: Cindy wants it to be.
3: <laughs>
2: she um, makes
0: she uh, makes fun of me whenever I have long episodes. That's all. That's that's an inside <laughs> joke. That has that's nothing to do with you. That's that's all me. Like whenever I used to do two hour episodes, she's like, "That's just too much. I can't deal with it."
1: My right, short attention it span can't handle that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nobody's can. I can't handle two hour podcasts anymore.
3: <laughs> um, music. Um, um. Again, uh, I was lucky. I, I listened to any uh, so much stuff. I mean. So um, favorite things I'd probably come back to would be I usually like really high energy music in any kind of form, whether it be, you know, any kind of rock or, or fun, even, you know, like a disco or, or club music or even shitty pop music that I like that I only <laughs> listen to in my headphones <laughs> when, I need to, when I need a day where I just need to listen to Lady Gaga all day while I'm working on something.
0: So, that way no one can make fun of you like they do with that poor girl that likes bedazzling.
3: You know, you can't because I'll I'll totally own up to it. Like, you fucking like Lana Del Rey? And it's like, yeah, motherfucker, I do. (laughs) That's awesome. She is queen, but Lana is bae. Um, (laughs) um, But I would say high energy. Um, I grew up on a lot of rock and roll. My parents were totally rockers. And so one of my all-time favorite bands is like ACDC. Will always be one of my favorite bands. Um, I like a lot of... uh, um, uh, pretty much. I'm just a fan of rock in all of its forms. I would say from everything from like Delta blues to like modern rock now. Uh, certain things. So just the whole the whole spectrum of rock and roll. It's always welcome on my playlist.
0: <laughs> Is that the same nice. for you, Jeanette? Whenever you're doing art, I mean, do you listen to a lot of music as well? Or
3: I go through
4: bizarre modes where I will either binge listen to music or I will binge listen to podcasts or all I can deal with silence. Like, <laughs> I, sometimes all I can handle is the sound of silence. I don't, I still haven't figured out which ones actually require certain needs. Simon um, Garfunkel.
0: That is, that's great. You just put that on loop and just <laughs> listen to it over and over again.
3: No shit. That was one of my, I wrote a comic to that. So nice. Seriously. <laughs> seriously it opens. it opens with, the. Um, come on what's their big one come on hello darkness what's, what's that song um uh, sound of silence, sound of silence. Darkness, sound of yeah. silence. and yeah. the, the end of the comic ended up wrapping up because by the time the end of the comic was was wrapping up writing it um one of my characters was singing um um mrs robinson so nice. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> can work wonders
4: was everything gray not or was every- it all brown
3: <laughs> right. oh really, shades of really maybe some ochre, uh, Some
0: happy little tree got a burnt, burnt ochre. Yes. <laughs> he used Did a lot of yellow anybody? ochre. He used a lot of yellow ochre and burnt. Was it burnt umber? Burnt,
3: burnt umber, or was it burnt sienna?
0: Burnt sienna. Maybe that was it.
3: Is it burnt sienna? And like, yeah, the yellow ochre. I mean, I think that was his favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everything had yellow ochre in it. I know that. Yeah, Disturbs' like, version of Sound of Silence is fantastic, if you haven't heard it.
3: I have, oh, so which good. is kind of bizarre, land, really, it was really great, but, you know, it's one of those things when you hear, like, a band cover something that's totally not them, but yeah. it sounds like, cool, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Korn did a cover of um, Psychedelic Furs, um, their big hit. Um,
0: oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because I've heard it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's,
3: that's- yeah it's like, their big single, but... Um, And and I haven't found a good copy, but the only copy available online is like it's skipped. But I was hearing this like, what is this? This is amazing. So
0: (laughs) love my way. Right.
3: Thank you. Yes. Yes. That's the one. Um, But it's fantastic. If you can hear the snippets of it and not cringe at the the skipping on it. But it was just mind blowing. (laughs) I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a good cover.
0: Nice. You had another question. Speaking of
4: covers. (laughs) <laughs> oh,
0: go for it. <laughs>
4: Let's get <laughs> under that. that.
3: I'm excited now. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I
4: wanted to know a little bit more about Crazed Pixel. Can For people who don't know what it is, can you talk a little bit about your Crazed Pixel project?
3: Yes. Um. I would say Crazed Pixel, Crazed Pixel Comics is the umbrella term for my partner and I's comic work. So that's just our little independent label title that um, we started using to just kind of use as a house um, uh, for any of our creative endeavors that we could slap on there and uh, slap on our comics or if we're just doing print work or you know just to say like what we're from it's just ours it's just the two of us and it's just uh, for any and everything that we want to do artistically um, it just kind of goes through like that umbrella that head so
4: nice yeah. uh, What were what's one of the pieces that you've made for Crazed Pixels that you've been the most proud of I know that's a
3: hard... <laughs> it's kind of hard. Like, my babies! My, all my babies. <laughs> they're, um,
0: all my, they're all my babies.
3: Um, Most proud of, I would say, personally, for um, a hard project that uh, I usually work better in short formats. I found out I work better with comics that are anywhere from six to, like, 12 pages. Anything beyond that, I start turning it into fucking Homer's Odyssey or some shit.
1: <laughs> so... <laughs>
3: um, uh, I would say, I think one of the things I'm most proud of is I did a comic, um, I, I have a comic series that's very irreverent and you don't have to read them in order called Cinder that's on the site. Mm-hmm. And one of the comics was called Comfort Zone, um, from Cinder and that was 40 pages. So that one was, that was pretty much like a, doing a Bible for me. So that was, I think that's one I'm most proud of just for, um, the amount of work that had to go into it. And it was hand lettered by my partner, James. Um, so oh, it was hand dang. lettered. And, um, <laughs> um, he helped design the pages and actually do the hand lettering. So I think that was that was a huge accomplishment that we did. I mean, that was a couple of years ago now, but I think that one I'm still just like that was that was that was a was, it was a lot of work and it was totally worth it. But it was excruciating for me.
4: Yeah, forty
3: and, pages. It, <laughs> yeah, it was it was intense. It's one of those yeah. things too where I wrote up a you write up a script and. Like, uh, I see this being maybe like, you know, 10 pages. Oh, maybe it's 20. And then when it got to 40, James is like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> you need to wrap this shit up. <laughs> you know what? Stop. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so when you're working on a project that has like that many pages, do you ever find that it's difficult to keep
3: your style consistent all the way through? Um, I would say yes and no. Um, for me, I guess, I suppose it depends on the project. Um, mm-hmm. Some are easier to keep in tune. Um, some of my styles change with whatever project I'm working on, whether it's more cartoony or if it's more scratchy or raw, or if it's more just, um, just somewhere in the middle, I guess. Um, for me, it depends on the project. Some things are, But I would say some things are easier, like keeping with the cartooning. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, actually, it can be easier, but for me, sometimes it can be more difficult if I draw something that looks too real, you know, and then you have to extrapolate it, and make it look cartoony. But um, I, I would say it goes in like a roller coaster, kind of. Sometimes it gets hard, and then it levels out again, and then sometimes it's kind of hard, and then it, and it levels out again. But I think that's difficult for any sequential artist, just making sure that everything feels the same throughout a whole piece. Is mm-hmm. like for any artist, is really that's for a sequential artist, is kind of a, it's always a challenge to make sure that your first page and your last page kind of sort of look similar, <laughs> like they belong in the same book.
4: Yeah, I have a massive issue with that <laughs> personally, that's why I ask. Um, have you found any tricks that have kind of helped you keep it consistent all the way through?
3: I have, it's drawing your characters constantly. Um, it's drawing them just in one-offs and pieces, uh, conceptualizing them, drawing them in different outfits. Um, at least for me, that, I should say for me, that works. But I found just drawing them consistently. Um, to me, backgrounds are an afterthought. I just don't fucking care, which is probably (laughs) why some of them suck. And (laughs) it's like all about the figure work up front. But I would say just drawing the characters so much and really getting, for me, getting a good feel with the characters and what they look like and memorizing the lines of their face like a map. Um, helps me a lot keep uh, keep everything looking consistent that makes so
4: much sense and I can really (laughs) see that with your work too actually because your characters totally like they just capture your eye when you look at a page of your comics like I see the eyes I see the expression I see the movement of the characters before I even register anything else
3: then, 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 you know, Alex, who's characterized, it's super effective. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) um, Oh, awesome. I mean, thank you. Um, That's definitely, I'm way more of a figure artist first. I mean, that's one of the things I know, like I need to, it's a fun challenge for me to work on figure ground relations. And actually when I'm thinking of panels and characters interacting with background objects, that's always a challenge for me, but I definitely Mm -hmm. can say I'm a figure artist first and um, I love drawing people. And faces and, and figures so um, i'm glad that comes through because i they in my head they're a bunch of wackos so i just hope that translates <laughs> to what's you know being drawn and being drawn on the page so they don't look stagnant because you know they're they're insane <laughs>
4: uh, yeah it definitely comes through um so you also write your stories
3: correct yes
4: what was your most challenging story to write
3: it's hard to say, as some of stories are very inspired by just uh, what I'm thinking at the time, or um, <laughs> I like to just let my characters play out movies in my head and just kind of see what they're doing. Uh, I usually just try to get inspiration for what a scene's doing or what the characters want to do, and I just try to watch what they want to do sometimes instead of uh, placing them places or uh, I'm never very A to B when it comes to story writing, which is why I also have difficulty finishing stories sometimes. But I mostly just like slice of life or reverency. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, but after you have a nice foundation for that, it can be kind of challenging to actually fit in um, the dialogue you would like your characters to say in that little just slice of life irreverent fun scene. So when it comes to writing a writing a full comic, one of my I think one of the most difficult ones I had writing was either comfort zone. I can go back to that one just because it was so enormous. It's very wordy. And, mm-hmm. or, uh, recently in one of my little black books, uh, one of my porn books, it, uh, I, I, it concludes with a little seven or eight page story with a couple of my characters. And that one, actually, I drew the scene first and decided to make dialogue after. So the, that was kind of a challenge for me to be like, okay, there's this entire scene of these two guys fucking, but what are they talking about? <laughs> so, so that one was actually a so challenge. So did you remember
0: to pick up the dry cleaning today?
3: <laughs> <Right>. I sure <laughs> did. Let's have like, chicken for dinner. Right. Like, you know, oh, do you want to watch Law and order after this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just like the most mundane thing possible. Right.
3: <clears throat> exactly. Uh, I think, um, it's fun for me. I like the short ones because I always try to slip in, like, like a cute little moral or something. I've noticed that uh, I can be very cheeky and, and very saccharine sometimes, but I usually always like to bring things around to something kind of uh, positive or, or uplifting in, in those weird moments. If, if you can dig that in a porn book. But... <laughs> Um, so that was, that was, that was a good challenge. And, um, so yeah, sometimes wrapping up, it's just among well, you guys, among whom I'm talking to all of you guys. I mean, you guys all write short stories, you know, how fucking difficult that is to Write a short story, oh, trying yeah. to have everything yeah. in a package and standing alone by itself, but not diving too deep and seeing what you can cut out. You don't need to explain this, this, and this, but you need to elaborate on this. I mean, it's, it's difficult to do shorts. It can be, it can be really difficult to do shorts of anything. I think.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I can say about your artwork is, it, to me, it feels like all your characters are very comfortable with who they are. Um, and, and some of them are, there's some darkness to it, obviously, as well. And they're comfortable embracing that as part of who they are, which I find really compelling and interesting.
3: Well, thank you. Another thing that I'm glad that shines through um, because I try to, you know, be that way myself with, you know, being honest, (laughs) being being honest to me, I got to like me first. Right. (laughs) So I'm glad that comes through. Um, I think also because I have a lot of confidence in them. I think like any creator, when it comes to any creator creating characters in any form, there's a little bit of you in these characters Mm -hmm. in some aspect of mostly Mm -hmm. any character you create. And it's fun to have your different roles and your different uh, roles you play in life. And maybe to make characters that are different parts of different facets of yourself. And so I'm, I'm glad that comes through because I have a lot of confidence in them. To me, they're real fucking people in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, best friend of mine that lives back out East. And I still talk, we were like, Hey, how's Johnny and Jay doing? Like, they're like they're still fucking people <laughs> we were still on for hours talking yeah. about like the stories and stories and like different adventures they were going on. And we would just make one up on the fucking phone while you we're know, role playing it out and so like they are pretty much real people in my head and um so I'm glad that comes through cuz I have a lot of confidence in them as being really solid and just uh these kind of living you know breathe life into them kind of things so I'm glad that comes through because uh, they are real to me, so hopefully they're a little bit real to other people. That would be that's that's just a bonus.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I think that's something that you know someone that isn't creating or writing probably doesn't get is how real these characters become to us. I mean, like Victoria is in the next room. I mean, she's she's as real as anybody else that I'm talking to. Uh, oh my to god,
3: right? You know, to, like they're a part of you, and I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care how artsy fartsy I sound, but you know, they're a part of you. They're your other know, personalities. They're there. You know, you're just like. And uh, writing scenes, you know, you can get very emotional. Mm-hmm. You're feeling what your character's feeling when you're, or, or you're just thinking of their backstory, or you know, you're just doing something like that, and you actually get so attached to, and you can feel these things that they're going through, or you understand how challenging they are. And some days they're fucking assholes, and some days they're sweet <laughs> candy, you know. And you're just like, "Why are you being a dick today?" But uh, they're multifaceted, and and and. It, But they're there. Yeah. And you can really feel what they feel. So sometimes, yeah, you know, you're writing something and you're like, oh, (laughs) it's like watching a movie. You know, you're like, oh, it connects so much with this and feels like, you know, your kid or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the
0: joy of when they say something that you're not expecting them or they do something you're not expecting them to do. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. No, you're not supposed to. uh." And they tell you too whenever it's like you try to put words in their mouth. That does not sound like me.
3: Exactly. It, no, totally. You know, I'm like, F- fuck you. I'm not saying that. Or they don't want to play nice for a day, right. and like you know, you're just like, fine, <laughs> fine. You know, it's um, it's funny how mine have come back around. One of my characters. It's it's funny how it comes back around. Is like, you know, you create a character out of uh, this it comes out of my head, and I realize that this character I created is kind of like an aspiring mature character, you know, something to aspire to in, in his maturity level and in his prowess and his intelligence and his, uh, um, compassion. And also, you know, he's, he's just like to me an, an epitome of like just an awesome person. So it's funny how creating that. And I was, I would use, I use that sometimes still where it's like, instead of WWJD, it's WWRD. What would Rick do? And I use that <laughs> sometimes when I need to psych myself up, when I really need to be a boss for a day. And so it's just funny how like, that comes back around when you're just like thinking about your own characters for your inner strength. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it makes
4: sense if it's a little slice of you, you know, you have it in you to be that person in a lot of ways. So you can be like, all right, I got to tap into my inner
3: in In today
4: this, or whatever It's the part of you
3: know and then it also goes with fake it till you make it <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> cindy you've never had any experience with a character not wanting to let you tell their story have you
1: oh please that's <laughs> the most recent story that came out how about that one <laughs>
0: yeah you know what why don't you talk about that because that's kind of on topic what what, what happened whenever you were trying to write uh plummet victoria's oh, story
1: well this this is a short story she wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> I did I worked for days and days. I I almost slept with my statue of her. <laughs> like please tell me your story. <laughs> yeah, she was very stubborn. She even gave Amber laryngitis. She did.
4: Dang. Oh. <laughs>
0: yeah, Cindy finally finished the story, and then right after that, um Amber Collins, who who voices Victoria, she had laryngitis for like two and a half weeks. Um, and she, like, she just got enough of her voice back to actually record, uh, that and part of, um, she was recording both at the same time. So she recorded Plummet in a studio, um, that a friend of hers gave her access to. So she recorded that in like a, an actual recording studio and then she recorded, um, part of this for my story, the, uh, The Storm, um, on her own and then she had to do pickup lines so her voice was different all three times and it was
4: oh man i felt so bad for her yeah she did such a good job though like how that episode came together just broke me i don't know how, how you guys reacted to it it was so sad
1: oh i did a lot of crying while i was writing that
3: <laughs> <laughs> the mark of a good creator like you know got to cry a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and, you
0: know, I mean, I've heard that thing probably at least 15 or 20 times because <laughs> yeah. of editing and putting things together and going uh-huh. back and fixing this, that and the other thing. And I cry every time I listen to it. So, And, and, uh-huh. and, it's, and it's like it, it's an, it intensifies at each level. So you have, you know, you have the story by itself, which is emotional. Mm-hmm. And then you start to put together the dialogue and everything and, and it becomes emotional at that point. And then you're, you're fine tuning the audio and then you add the, the score on like, when you add the score for me, that's like the big thing is like, it all comes together at that point. And then I pepper in, you know, the sound effects afterwards, um, mm. because sometimes the, you don't need it because the music carries that scene. Um,
3: Just like watching a movie. I mean, music is so powerful.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It it makes it so much easier. One of the um, storytellers that, like actual live storytellers that I really admire. His name is Daniel Morden. And uh, he's, well, she's a traditional storyteller, goes all over the world and makes his living telling stories. And he has a side project where he works with musicians. And he's like, you know, it's so much easier when I'm working with the musicians because I don't have to work as hard. The music carries the emotion. I don't have to. Work is hard to get someone to feel sad for that character because the music does it, and I feel arts that way a lot, you know like the the cover images mm-hmm. that 's why I think they're so important because they kind of give you they put you in the right mindset to listen to that story, you know like
3: yeah absolutely it gives
0: you that well you know you're both visual artists i'm I'm mm-hmm. preaching the <laughs> choir
4: well, I'm thinking about that uh the cover you did with the Gun and Victoria, and it just like oh. Uh, It was so it was colorful and bold and yet just it was it was a powerful image. Like I, Dan showed me the sketch version of it. Sorry, (laughs) I was like, damn, that's gonna be great. And then it turned out the way it did. I was like, I had no idea it was gonna be that amazing.
3: And (laughs) (laughs) And that that one I gotta thank you guys for too because that was a fun. I know Dan, you and I had some really great back and forth on that. Some really good like uh, collaborative like. um, like, uh, you know, just a collaboration, like, Oh, well, how about this? And we were really like trying out a bunch of different stuff and just going back and forth with that. And that was, that was great. You know, I feel like we've really bonded that yeah. was, <laughs> you really pushed nice me out romantic. of my comfort
0: zone on that one, because i like the, my first reaction was, wow, how are people going to react to this? Yeah. Um, and you, and you know, it, it would be silly if we don't, I mean, it, it, this happened right around the time of the Orlando shootings yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it had a a huge impact on me. I know, Alex, you said it had a huge impact on you. I'm sure most of us, it, it had a big impact on us. And it was just like,
4: yeah, it did.
0: is it OK to do that? And and we finally got to that point where, you know, in collaborating and talking, I mean, I talked to Cindy a lot about it, too. And, and just in working through that, it was like, OK, yes, I think this is this is the image that conveys the emotion that it needs to.
3: I, I, from reading that tale, that's why um, my, my my devil's advocateness is uh, when I was reading that tale, I'm like, that guy is such a bastard. Like, <laughs> he's the mm-hmm. worst person. He's the worst kind of person. And it is just funny how, uh, one you know, one can write words and you can read words to create the image in your head. But as soon as someone draws it, it's that much more like, you know, someone can put pen to paper and care for that much of a piece of shit of a character. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the minute you draw something like that, it can, you know, it's instantly catapulted into like... whoa (laughs) Whoa, 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 wait a
0: minute (laughs) yeah it's that image and i mean image and music are just so visceral because we're very visual and auditory creatures you know i mean it's yeah we are um before anything else i mean you know that's what it was is sound and 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 sight and i think that's Mm -hmm. they just go very deep into us and um yeah i mean i yeah i work very hard as a writer to try to get what's in my head out into words. And if it's done right, it, it carries a lot of weight and power, but mm-hmm. I'm smart enough to know that it's never going to carry the same power that, that music or, or art is visual art.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's all I mean, art, right? Yeah, it's all, it's, it is all art. It is all art. It's totally all art. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing. and goes along with some, some, my view on shock art, because I was, I was really happy to do that cover. I'm very glad you guys liked it because I was trying to keep it, done well I, and and but to me and because we talked about a couple of different ideas for that like mm-hmm. the grot wire mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. to just kind of like keep it a little bit more subdued but still have a very foreboding kind of feeling to it um i, I can't say i'm pleased the image grew on you that we could use that one and go with it and um I felt like the colors would just keep it that most, much more abstract to just do that kind of coloring work on it instead of trying to color it real or, or do like a realistic mm-hmm. pencil shading. That just didn't seem appropriate. But um, when it comes to shock art like that, it's like I'm an advocate for shock art, but let's face it, you know, we're all adults and every you can smell bullshit. You know, you know when somebody's just doing something to be outrageous and titillating compared mm-hmm. to when shock art's actually being used to, to actually try to convey some kind of message. And um, when I was yeah. in college, we had this really really awesome class called creativity and it was just about exploring your own creativity in any field you wanted to be in medical or or literary or teaching or whatever and it was great and you're just exploring your creative process and we read this book uh, it was written by a photographer and he had a whole section on uh, artists should be using their art socially and responsibly that's fair that's fair his example to, for that was he went to a, uh, a showing of photographs that was photographs of women being like pushed down and, and um, simulated uh, rape scenarios of these photographs very mm-hmm. violent like shoving of women down and, and the point of view was the uh, camera over top of them and he kind of trashed it. Whereas I had a rebuttal to that in mind, I was like, I disagree because if I went to that kind of art show, I would uh, be obviously shocked and appalled. And, you know, you really connect with that and see like this is horrible, but it's not sweeping things under the rug. I I like shock art for the fact that it brings stuff to the surface in a very um, harsh manner.
1: (laughs) And it's also
0: kind Mm -hmm. of a safe environment because it's we know it's art. We know that there's a layer between it. And I I think that's one of the, the beautiful things about story and storytelling is it gives you an opportunity to deal with some very weighty, very heavy topics in an environment. It's like riding a roller coaster kind of. It's, you know, you're safe and you're not in immediate danger. The characters are and bad things are going to happen to people. But, you know, it, it gives you a way to kind of open dialogue and work through those things. And I think that's the, you know, in terms of responsibility, that's our responsibility as artists is to, to take society and to show it to people and say, here's what we are and that's what do we weird. do about it?
3: It's a mirror, and one thing, yeah, I would, I completely agree. It's, it's a mirror, and artists are the watchdogs of society. I mean, really, um, mm-hmm. as long as I would say, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff, obviously, do it responsibly, do your research, because um, said so everyone knows there's a thin line between being titillating and mm-hmm. actually just uh, trying to give something a voice to mm-hmm. be heard and seen and dealt with, compared to being titillating when, when it's like, okay, can we not have every female character get raped as a fucking plot device in right. stories? Oh, I'm screaming? on board with that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's bullshit. We all know that's bullshit. You know, can we just not use mm-hmm. that as a fucking plot device? Compared to going to an art show where there's these kind of photographs that probably they're not trying to glorify anything. It's not a fashion, stupid fashion shoot or anything. I mean, but there are these horrible photographs that are like, you know, this happens. And compared to just mm-hmm. fucking Game of Thrones or some shit.
4: Yeah, <laughs> so much rape, so yeah. much, so much rape.
3: unnecessary violence. So yeah, so it's like it's it's fun to walk the line, and I do. I know I do um, some artwork or, or like some try to explore some ideas that are a little taboo, maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> I do try to keep in mind those kind of things to just to just not cross that line. To just try not to cross that line for just a, you know titillating the for you know for fuck's sake kind of thing.
0: Yeah, there has mm-hmm. to be a, a purpose to it, right?
3: A little, a little bit. I mean, everyone likes trash. I do. I mean, like there's oh, yeah. sometimes I just like to draw really horrible grindhousey shit. But, <laughs> but um,
0: the pinks but, uh, and the but, blues but, and stuff, I, I like that. You know, the, your use of color is really cool.
3: Thanks, thanks, <laughs> thank you. I do like black and white, but sometimes when I like color, I do, uh, I do like to do the color.
0: You got that neon feel to it, you know.
3: I was listening to oh, a lot absolutely. of like '80s um, synthie music at the time, so I think that helped. <laughs> that makes a
4: lot of sense,
3: yeah. actually. <laughs> totally, totally. I put the vibe, put the mood—I
4: can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so, who are your
0: who? What artists inspire you? What artists do you you look at their work and and um, want to emulate or 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 inspire you to do something different or or that type of thing?
3: Um, the shoulders that I happily love to credit and just, just, you know, like, like my, you know, every artist has their shoulders of, of other artists. And I I would think, um, for mine, I know a lot of the turn of the century artists that were around in like the the turn of the century, uh, tens, teens, twenties, like uh, Clint and Gilles and Stuck, uh, they're all, they're deco-y, uh, figurative artists. Like, Klimt did The Kiss, that that really famous, like, um, mm-hmm. gold, gold lame kind of painting of a couple kissing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Pretty prolific. And um, I would say, like, uh, they're very uh, – uh, Shield's figures are really, really um, – ex- they're extremely expressive and exaggerated sometimes. And so, probably those artists – when it comes to sequential artists, the funny thing about me doing comics is I never really read a lot of comics. I, I mostly just – I was never into um superhero comics. Most of the time I just go to the library and see what was on like the graphic novel section mm-hmm. and pick up some things here and there, but I never was an avid reader of any particular series. And that's part of you know, sometimes I feel like total fraud, you know, like <laughs> You know, you. I remember. I was, I was, I was maybe a teenager or um, early twenties, and and uh, I was doing like working on an early comic or something, and somebody said something about Jack Kirby, and and like you know, crossing myself over Jack Kirby right now because now I know who he is. So forgive me, but I was like. I'm not sure who that is they're like it's Jack fucking Kirby I'm like oh, I'm sorry I don't read more. I don't. and then they're like um, Marvel blah 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 I'm like oh my god okay okay. You know, hang your head in shame like wow <laughs> 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 not my finest moment but <laughs> um, um partner James he's a huge fan of Jaime Hernandez uh, the Hernandez brothers of um, the uh, the you know, loco chicks that they're, they loving rockets comics. Okay. It has like Hopi and, and uh, they're very slice of life comics that all involve very Latina characters down in like Southern California. And they're very punky. Cause he grew up, he grew up during this like punk scene. And my, my you know, my, my partner can give you a whole dissertation on him. He's fabulous. And he grew up reading Archie and his figures are just phenomenal. He has this crazy blend of like Archie figures with this punk storyline and these crazy adult characters so I would say um, through James showing me these comics, I, I just instantly connected with how a uh, slice of life it was in this alternative world with these alternative characters. So he became definitely kind of something if, if I'm having a block, maybe I'll just go read some of his comics to try to get over a hurdle of how to do a scene or just just get in the mood a little bit and see and loosen up and just read some of his stuff. Um, I think I, uh, I
4: think those are good answers.
3: Yeah, I think Those that's so. I mean, it that sounds answer. so bad. <laughs> it's like, God, if you think about it more, maybe. But, uh, oh, my God, Tom of Finland. Okay, Tom of Finland. I have to throw his name in there for a second. Um, mm-hmm. Tom of Finland was – I don't want to misconstrue anything, so let me pull this up. Let's see. Finnish, thank you. Yes, obviously he's Finnish. Yeah, Tom,
0: Tom of Finland was, his, was yeah. his name, yeah.
3: There we go. Yeah. There we go. Um he is he was a really prolific well, I just want to make sure I know when he was around. But he really kind of um
0: He did a did lot a, of the leather and, and Yes, yes,
3: he like really gave a shape to all that um homoerotic art. And it was really different at the time because it was one, it was extremely well done and it was clearly really cared for and that it was different than just little smuddy, smudgy comics, you know, like little Tijuana Bibles or something. But he really mm-hmm. gave, um, it was also some of the first, um, gay erotic art to actually show instead of just fucking, it actually has like, like it's funny. It's there's, very tongue-y Yeah.
0: Tongue-y. There's the funny and there's the seductive, the seductive nature to it.
3: It's very playful. Exactly. It's very playful, very fun, very consensual. Everyone's always having a fun time. You know, there's kissing and there's just embracing. So he, he actually kind of really broke down a lot with, um, with, with a lot of that kind of, uh, homoerotic art. And so he's, I have a huge, I have his collection, Um, One, they're just really, really funny to read. Um, But I would definitely say uh, yes, because then, you know, here's another queer artist doing some really, really prolific um, pornographic work. So to me, that's like right next to my heart where I'm like, yes, porn with heart. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've noticed some of that that. influence now that you mention it in your art with the, um, you know, the the black leather, the the kind of the, the biker outfit type thing.
3: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that totally, definitely, one totally classic, two you know, punker for life kind of thing. You know, it's always going to be, you know, oddballs and leather are always going to be, like, my crush du jour, really.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, what, what speaks to me, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm being not an artist myself, I can tell whenever someone's talented because the people around them are enamored with what they do. So, I mean, like, every artist that I know that I work with is like, oh, my God, Alex's stuff is so fantastic. <laughs> You know, like like John Towers is is very reserved in who he gives praise to. And the fact that he likes your stuff as much speaks to me because I know how talented he is. You know,
3: oh, my God, John. Oh, he is. His stuff is so raw and like his line work, you know, when he does that.
0: The hatching was, cross. or What yes, is, that, is that called? Cross yes. hatching? Yeah.
3: Yes. His stuff is so raw and just so you know, you can feel it right away. It's just very, very like right in your face, you know, when he does his stuff. I mean the, the ink work and the, the I, I absolutely adore his line. He has some he has some really raw, like right in your face stuff. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Jenna, are you getting tired?
3: Um
4: unfortunately I have to get up super duper early <laughs> oh. in the morning. Um so I think I have to Bow out at the moment, but it has been fantastic talking to you
3: guys. Awesome! Well, oh, same here. It's like, yay, get to hear like you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> so Awesome! Like, right on, girl. <laughs> Very
4: cool. So, if you want to keep chatting, I think. Well, if you're totally leaving, we're good.
0: all done. No, of course, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk a little more.
4: <laughs> okay, cool.
0: So, um, Alex is I'm tired of me.
3: hearing the rest of this. <sighs> that's right. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> you have a good night, Jenna. Talk to you later. you guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we were, we were, uh, we were Dogs. talking about John's raw nature and the yeah. angles and cross hatching and just the Very the, the grittiness of it. I mean, and there, there are definitely been some, um, some stories that I've gotten in for wicked library and for the lift. Cindy's was one of them for um, with the wicked library as well as for the lift. She's had John do yes. some work for her <laughs> and it's just, yeah. y- y- there's just, I mean, that's one of the cool things about working with so many different artists is everybody has kind of their style and there's certain stories where it's just like, I, John has to do this one. Alex has to do this one. You know, that's just, the
3: best part is like, I'm sure as you is like, um, you know, you're like, uh, you're the perfect matchmaker for like, what's what yeah. the feel of the story is to like, oh, I have this artist right here that does like, you know, it's the perfect Jeanette story. It's perfect John story, you know? And that's, that, that is the cool part to see how the stories match up with the artists you select and what they come up with. That's. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah, that's that's fantastic.
0: So, Cindy, I'm sure you have some questions. You were all excited that we were going to have Alex on. I'm
1: terrible at questions. Oh, you know? I'm sure you can ask one or two. <laughs> I didn't Not prepare. All really good
3: interviewers do.
0: Yeah.
1: No, I didn't. I didn't prepare at all.
0: Well, see, that's the that's the cool thing about editing. I can make you sound fantastic.
1: Yes, oh, usually do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you have a favorite cover that Alex has done for us?
1: Mm, that shifts. <laughs> yeah. I like one and then I like another. So, <laughs> yeah, I do. And I just like all your work. I'm kind of a Creeper fan. You don't hear from me a lot, but.
3: It's okay. you're always, it makes me happy to know you're always watching. <laughs> <laughs> on all creeper the time. fans are the best fans. I don't <laughs> need to know you're there. I know you're there.
1: You
0: know I'm there. <laughs> so you guys converged on objects for objects because Cindy did the narration and you did the art and that was a very sexy story, kind of, right? Objects for objects, which
3: one was
0: that? That's the, uh, the the kind of Queen of Sheba one that you did. Um it was about the retired porn star and um her coming I to Carrie terms.
3: Carrie wrote
0: that. Well Carrie wrote it. Cindy oh, narrates okay, it yeah, Cindy narrated it.
3: Right, right. Yes, 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 yes. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. How cool is that that you narrated that one? I think that was a good touch. That one was um, – I remember you and I, Dan, had a little bit of a – a little bit of a, um, uh, just we had to discuss that a bit because I almost felt a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. with it at first. And I remember after you said that the ending might possibly be changed, I'm like, well, she's not going to be the quote-unquote bad guy now, right? Or else I'm going to have to not be able to do this picture. I remember that, actually. <laughs>
0: If you read, if you read Carrie's work, like, I mean, he was one of the, he did, um, uh, actually John did the cover for one of his
3: scaling triangles.
0: Yeah. Scaling love triangle. And I mean, there's, there's always a very sexual overtone to a lot of what he does. And I think that he uses it kind of in the appropriate way because I mean, you can very easily rely on this, the the sex part of it as a crutch, but if Mm -hmm. it's used to kind of explore the darker side of characters, sometimes I think it's interesting. Because it's another no, one of those things that's very visceral as well.
3: Yes. Um, and he, like, I'm a sucker for, I mean, I'm a sucker for a good uh, story that has sex elements in it, obviously. I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be a porn story. But uh, no, he, he does like Scaling Love Triangle. When I heard that one, you know, it was just mind blown. That one was so, I mean, <laughs> Like that one was you know it was just fucking bizarro land craziness that i adored <laughs> i totally adored you know like when i'm in the, this is it when i'm in the mood to listen to like you want some grindhousey just fucking intense crazy story to listen to i mean that one just just yeah. hit the nail on the head it was perfect i mean he has some he has some great stuff and that's why the story i mean it was so cool um to do the artwork for the um the one with Mandy, that was her name, right? The mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that one was good. I just, you know, my only, I remember my qualm with that was just making sure that it didn't just end up being like everything was pointed back at her. Like, this is something you need to fix. The the theme of greed in itself. I mean, take away whatever sex the character is just shown through enough. as just anything in that story to just be, you know, here's the moral of the story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, that one was, that was fantastic. But scaling love triangle was like, that was, I mean, wow, dude, that was one of my favorite ones.
0: You know, and that's, that was one of the, one of the stories that when I started doing the wicked library, it was the first story that really made me uncomfortable um, yeah. because I'm pretty reserved when it comes to, or it used to be pretty reserved when it comes to <laughs> stories that have, you know, involved sex and, and that sort of thing. It's like, uh, you know, this is kind of private, uh, but, <laughs> no, I but not anymore. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I did that on purpose. Cause I, I looked this, at the story and I was like, this is a great story, yeah. but am I going to be comfortable actually doing it?
2: Right.
3: And I'm like, Well you, I mean, you handled it really well too. Cause obviously that material, I mean, that's some heavy material. Yeah. I mean, that was some pretty, pretty intense material there. But I, I mean, I think you did, you guys did a great job with that. And um, it was one of my, it's still one of my favorite episodes. One of the ones that I always remember yeah. because it's so intense. I mean, I mean it, it was a, it was nice to have some like you have these stories that are all in very 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 intense in their own way but that one you know to have that in the middle somewhere I mean that was a that was a wicked tale that was really like <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a monster in it or anything it was just crazy a crazy fucking person and that's that's pretty scary like
1: yeah <laughs> those are the scarier ones I think yeah yeah
3: yes. M-
0: more so than the monster I mean the monster ones are great and you know I think we all have that very um deep down evolutionary fear of what's in the dark and what kind of furry creatures with fangs are out there. Um, oh,
3: absolutely. I still believe in werewolves. So don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> well, <there you> go. <laughs> totally. But, um, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, who doesn't have a good monster story and those are terrifying, but like, you know, when it's just people going crazy, well shit that happens every day. Right. I mean, that's pretty,
4: that's pretty real, real life, <laughs> that's
0: right. That could happen tomorrow down yeah. the street and yeah. And bleed into your house. We, we yep. don't want that. Um, and then you, you did Paradise Island Waves, which was um one of my favorite pieces. um I think I showed that to you very early, Cindy, whenever she was sketching that mm-hmm. that was
3: the first one I did um actually I did uh, that was my first yeah. uh, project because mm-hmm. after that, I think I did the um the, the down in the basement for Nelson's story, yeah mhm, yeah, no, that one was fun, and you know Not it's enough.
0: it's funny we talked earlier about the piece that you did for for Trisha. Um, yeah. that was that was my first introduction to you was that piece. Um, and I was like, wow, that would be great to look at. If Victoria would look great in that style,
3: right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then,
0: and then I got into all the other stuff and I'm like, wow, there's a lot more here. This is, this is, this is a good fit for the Wicked Library. Um so yeah, I think that that there began our our collaboration in earnest and
3: Definitely. And that piece was from the heart too. There's a lot of care in there because you know, yeah. Trisha, you know, that midget queen, love her so much. She's fantastic. <laughs> you know, that the story's great. So but I, I can definitely say, um, I can sink into it, I, I can do a faux style when I really want to of mm-hmm. something, at least kind of chameleon it enough to yeah get across what, what kind of style like uh, it should be. And, you know, that was very like Burton-esque and yes. just going off of her own drawings. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was Burton-esque. And forgive me, I can't remember the guy's name who created Zim and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. But <sighs> uh, that artist, he's fantastic. I mean, he's great. You know, he's... So, it was a nice blend of that. So, I'm like, okay. So, I drew my version of the characters that way. And so, I, I mean, I do try to do that a bit for certain projects when I think could something could fit the feel better. Like um, the header for the Wicked Library, I was trying to go for that classic Old school. Oh, I love it.
0: I look at it every day, and every day I'm like, that's (laughs) fucking awesome. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it Just, was a blast to do it was it was very it was very very fun for me to do it was blast. I, I, all i had on at the time it was at He's recommendations i was watching i was getting in all these italian horror movies i'd never seen so i was watching Fulci and argento and i was watching all these movies like while that was playing i was watching a house by the cemetery and oh that's Suspira awesome and inferno and it was it was a really fun couple days <laughs> yeah. it's a really fun couple days
0: <laughs> yeah and you know it's it's i like that piece because it's it's, it's one of those pieces where when you look at it the first time, you don't see everything. And as you continue to look at it, you're like, oh, look, there's a spider there. And oh, look, there's there's somebody holding a candle over there. And it's just like, you know, you get the, the first image um, and then just layers upon layers as, as you look at it again and again. And I felt we really needed something that featured the librarian because he's kind of been, you know, in the back in the background. We We, we started out the season with an image of him. And, um,
3: agreed, agreed. I mean, he's, he's your, he's your, he's your Wicked Library guy and then Victoria's Lift Girl, you know, so you kind of need to solidify that character with your, um, with, with, you know, the Wicked Library. So totally.
0: Yeah. And I, and I couldn't be happier with the way that it turned out. It was awesome. Awesome.
3: It was fun. It was a. It was a. It was a fun. It was a fun thing to do. It was yeah. It was really fun. Also, just thinking about all the creepy crawlies, and I'm like, ooh, I don't do horror work that much. So what can I put in here? <laughs> <laughs> do do new arms and a spider, and so that it was. It was fun. It was. It was a really fun little project to to do. And then trying to color it, I was actually the colors are just pulled in from I. Uh, I found pretty good scans of old Tales from the Crypt comic books, and mm-hmm. I just pulled colors right from the old Tales from the Crypt comic books to color it.
0: Yeah, that palette, that that EC yeah. Comics palette, that, that's totally. so cool.
3: Yes, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: What other projects do you have going on? I know, we're, I know, we're not. You, we, we've talked a lot about the stuff that you've done for us because I'm familiar with it. But I'm, I'm what, looking what forward you?
3: to more too. By the way, so let's just let's just say that right now, okay? So Jeanette, get on it, okay? Because I want that fucking <laughs> story on my desk. Like, <laughs> I'm so ready for that one. Um, I but uh, project wise, right now. Uh, I know my partner, uh, James, he actually has been having a lot of fun doing his own artwork because he's he's a writer first, but then he lately has been doing his own artwork for his character, Ezra, who's it's available on our site, too, if you want to read it, most of the comics up, And he's been doing that, so seeing him do that and doing a page every week has been amazing. So he's kind of working on that. Um, currently, project-wise, after I assembled my latest porn collection, Little Black Book 2, in May... Um, I've just been kind of doing spot projects here and there, like you know, things for you guys and, and things for other, um, like in town here, some um, artworks um, for collaborations with some of our, our local comic buddies that we know. Um, usually in these kind of weird yeah. impasse areas, I'm I'm kind of incubating or thinking about what next something I'm going to start. There's always time for sexy artwork. You know, if I'm in the mood, <laughs> some, some nights just two hours, like, yeah, I want to draw a sexy picture. So I'll just do that for two hours. And then there's one, you know, picture is totally done. Um, right now, I think I'm set at an impasse. I had a story idea brewing for maybe another comic that I want to try my hand at. So, I think I'm just going to be writing that up for a bit and get some – and then then I can actually start maybe doing some artwork for it and just do like a, a little idea for like a 12-page comic that I kind of want to try. So, Cool. Um, but at the moment, that's, that's, that's about it. Always time for sexy artwork or just random, you know, like figure – you see on like Facebook just mm. one-off sketches or just sketches or artwork. So, as long as I'm doing something like that, I feel pretty good. Soaring on a movie, doing a sketch of something. But I think right now I'm going to focus my efforts on just doing a comic because I actually haven't done a sequential piece um, since about March, since about April. It was the the, the final comic in Little Black Book 2, is the porn comic, the finishing piece. And so I kind of miss it. So I think I'm going to get back to doing that.
0: Yeah. It's it's nice to have that variety. I mean, it's one of the nice things about taking – a break from doing the Wicked Library and taking a break from doing the lift for me is, you know, I, I get to the point where I'm itching to get back to doing it. Um, yes. I mean, it's miss- it's nice to work on some other things that have fallen behind as well, but you know, you get to that point where you're just like, I I miss I, I miss doing that. I want to get back to doing that.
3: So. It's good. Absence makes the heart grow, you know, fonder. Yes. I, I would say, you know, everyone, like everything you need, it's a relationship. You need a break from certain things, you right. know, if you've got no writer's block or artist block or, yeah. or for God's sakes, the days you can't just draw a goddamn fucking eye to save your life. You know, <laughs> like some of those days, I'm just like done, just walk. you know, I'm just like, 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 like my hand to God, I am done. <clears throat> if I had to draw an eye right now with a gun to my head. <laughs> just just shoot me. I can't. <laughs> but um, it, it, it's, it's. you know, I think every creator goes through those periods where it's like incubation, you're sorting stories out, you're sorting ideas out in your head, and then all of a sudden, once you just – things are brewing in the background you don't know about, and it's almost like a sexy little game because if you start thinking about it, I'm like, hey – what you got going on back there guys they're just like stop it you know (laughs) nothing yet you gotta wait and you're like okay 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 and then you're trying to guess like is it this story no and then finally one day you know they just come in wearing you know hosiery and just want to take you to town and you're like yes i finally figured it out (laughs) (laughs) this is where all this has been going for months
0: so so you (laughs) get those moments at 3 a.m in the morning where it's just like oh my god i have to go and write this now
3: I, yes, I would say those happen to me usually when I'm doing like doing the goddamn dishes or taking a shower or something, (laughs) you know, like everyone has those, right? You're just, you're not, it's when you're not thinking about it. And then all of a sudden it's just like, here's the thing you've been trying to think of forever. And then, you know, just drop what you're doing. At least, at least jot down the two, two ideas. I've I've written a whole fucking novel in the shower before, but of course, when I get out, it's like I write down that one sentence that stuck in my head and that's about it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Uh, It's, that's the, that's the hardest part. I mean, for me it's always terrifying whenever I have that idea. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to lose this if I don't write it right now.
3: Yes. You know, the, the urgent, the sense of urgency sometimes. And then, and then there's sometimes when you're like, I really should have had a sense of urgency about that. <laughs> Cause now I can't fucking remember what I was thinking right. about.
0: <laughs> exactly. Right. Oh, that's funny. Well, where can folks find your stuff? Where are the best places online or, um, in social media to connect with you and, and find your work?
3: I, uh, can say, um, Sim- I mean, we, we have the the gamut, you know, Crazed Pixel. Um, so just Crazed Pixel, one word, Crazed Pixel Comics has a Twitter. Um, I am on Facebook myself. So, hey, if you want to stop by and say hi, Crazed Pixel Comics is on Facebook as well. We have pages. But I'd say the biggest sites, if you would like to look at the artwork, CrazedPixel.com mm-hmm. that has all of our comics available and some previews of certain things that we only sell, but we have some previews up. So there's the, the standard website. You can view our comics. I have my Tumblr which is um, very X-rated. <laughs> so 18 plus, please, if you'd like to go there. So that is just alexjmerd.tumblr.com. And so I would say Facebook, our website, and um, my Tumblr for my artwork, or the, the the nice, clean, clean cut. There's the artwork if you just want to go enjoy it, pages. Awesome.
1: You're doing quite a few conventions, too, coming up, right?
3: Yes, thank you. Um, this <laughs> year is our first year we've done eight. Uh, last year we did seven. This year we've done eight, which is uh, pretty we're pretty stoked about it. It's been fun, and um, so we still have uh, two. We still have four left for the year that we're going to be doing.
0: Are they all there so, in, in Portland?
3: In the Portland area, one is in Seattle,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and when I'm not there, <laughs> <laughs> go fucking figure, I was right? Like, Dang it! <laughs> right? The one, yeah, the one in Seattle in a couple weeks, and then uh, we have one in Tacoma, or two in Tacoma, and. Coming up at different parts of the year, and then we have um, the big Comic Con in Portland, is the Rose City Comic Con, mm-hmm. and that's just a fun thing to go to, to just have a table at, just to be there and just have fun with. I mean, we have such kind of small niche kind of artworks; we don't expect to sell really much at those shows. We just really like to go to see our friends and have a good time and mm-hmm. just enjoy the crowd. And so that's that's the big like Marvel DC, you know, Comic Con here, and it's it's always a, it's a it's a blast. It's always so fun. <laughs> But, yeah, we've been rambling a lot lately. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I'm kind of looking well, forward to December when, when everything is just kind of chill out. For a few.
0: slows down a little bit, yeah.
3: Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I like things a little bit crazy, so it's going to be a little crazy. we yeah. be bored every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> totally.
0: Well, did you have any I'm final on. questions there, Cindy?
1: Oh, I think I'm good.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we've kept you on the phone for a long, long time, so I really appreciate – well, Skype, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, 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 back in the old days when we used actual phones, did, right? <laughs> when you, when you used your cell phone for something else, when you you knew you can actually still make phone calls with a cell phone. I you that's, know
3: what? Um, that's the weirdest funny thing. story about that. I still have an old brick of a silver Nokia. Oh yeah, that only makes calls and does text. So when people try to send me group texts, I'm like, motherfucker, I can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but AT and T are finally. Uh, by the end of this year, they're going to drop that kind of that two. I, I think it's still a 2G network and so I'm kind of like, have yeah. to at least just upgrade the phone, so I am kind of excited, but also it's like I, I'm still, like, when it comes to technology in the group, it's just like, oh for god's sakes, Alex, just go back to 1984. <laughs> like, well, <"Whoa, laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah.
0: like, once you it get does what it, I need it to do.
3: Weeks, <laughs> my boss <laughs> is just like texting me like, just bloop, 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 and I'm like hold the fuck on, I can't, I'm still <laughs>
0: my phone That'll has actual keys that you press in
3: exactly it's, it's, i can do it that's gonna be the thing i miss i i do not have styluses for fingers i mm-hmm. have very these are working man hands okay i have very like stout earthy fingers that is just I'm, I'm not delicate so it's like the touchscreen thing and some people have these beautiful fingers that just swoop, 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 and i'm like oh my fuck that's gonna take me forever to like <laughs> i'm gonna be that person like jamming their finger in their phone
1: yeah. No, oh, have hope. I have man hands. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I am having hope. It's like you know. It's like I, I'm going to try my hardest, but I am I'm, clumsy, and my mm-hmm. hands are yeah. big. <laughs> <Yeah>. Totally, <laughs> I can do it. Not a delicate, <laughs> not a delicate flower. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: my
0: my fingers are very long and fine and sophisticated.
3: Very fine <laughs> and <elegant>. oh, <laughs> finesse. Man hands as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well i do appreciate you taking so much time we're going to talk to you again on dangling after dark next week yes, so the I mean, saga continues
3: i will the saga will continue and i'll make sure to have a couple of drinks beforehand because shit's gonna get crazy that'll be, that'll be a blast so i, I think so <laughs> it's like a two drink minimum okay that's right <laughs> at
0: least at least
3: <laughs> so thanks for having me it was, it was super fun you guys are you guys are totally a blast and uh, I guess all I have to say is I look forward to doing some more artwork for everybody
4: Hi, this is Dick Dangle if you enjoyed this interview with Alex Murd head over to danglinafterdark.com episode 109 and hear what she had to say on my show
0: 18- plus.